Welcome to the inn. Sit. Sit. Rest your feet. It's a long journey on the road to Tavalon. Have a cup of tea. Or maybe ale. Alright. You're just in time for the entertainment. Here are your hosts, Tracy. Hello and happy Halloween. I'm here with my friend Tracy. I'm here with my friend Amber. And this is The Road to Tarvalin, a Wheel of Time podcast recapping the books, uncovering fan theories, discussing the upcoming TV show, and unpacking the intricacies of this series. This will not be a spoiler-free episode today as we plan on ranging today's discussion across the full series. And today we are doing something a little differently. We invited our fellow content creator, Rob, from Malkier Talks to discuss Shadowspawn today. Uh, we knew after listening to his episode on Madral that he would be an ideal guest for this conversation. Uh, Rob, would you mind? Yeah. Yay, thanks Yay. for being here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. We are actually really excited that you're here with us. Aww. But would you mind... Uh, like just introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about the projects that you are working on. Yeah, love it. Thank you for having me. This is uh, I don't guest Thanks appearance for very being often, here. so this is nice. Yeah, you're usually Yay. the one with <laughs> everyone coming yeah, so to you. <laughs> I do. I, I run a um I, I run too much as some people tell me, but it's all fun. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a, a podcast myself. Uh, it's a theory podcast, but because I'm a solo host, I generally have people on as guests to my show. So this is. This is fun for me. I'm, I'm someone else's show. This is like my <laughs> third time I've done it. It's great. Hooray! Yay! So, yeah, I do a spoiler podcast, um, occasionally non-spoilery, but mostly spoilery. Um, I do Wheel of Time cooking and narrations on YouTube, and then I do dad jokes on Twitter, but I call them Tam jokes because, obviously, <laughs> Tam is the best dad of all time. So, I agree. Uh, yeah. I agree. That, that's, mm-hmm. that's basically what I do, yeah. And, and then occasionally I go to work and do a normal life thing as well, so... <laughs> <laughs> and normal life overrated yeah. uh right um and where can people find the content that you make uh so if you search malkir talks on uh, any good um so wherever you listen to your podcasts you'll be able to find it um I've obviously wheel of times in the title there um malkir talks on youtube and twitter should be able to find me it's a blue logo with an m it's very simple you barely see my face anywhere except on the videos um but yeah you can search Malkit Talks and you should be able to find it anywhere, pretty much, I believe. Okay, perfect. And we will make sure that there are links in the show notes as well, so that if people just want to, like, scroll down and tap on it, it'll be there. So I like to make things easy for people. Easy peasy. Yeah. So do you think this will be the spookiest of all of the <laughs> Wheel of Time <laughs> topics? I mean, the, the Forsaken are, pr- like, pretty creepy. They're a bunch of creeps, but... But they're still human. Like, they aren't quite uh, as... Ske- debatable. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they're still quasi-human. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll go with that one, quasi, yeah. yeah. Good point, though. I think the Shadow Spawn are 
terrifying for so many reasons. Like, I mean, we're going to talk about them and I'm excited about it. So yeah, my, my answer to your question, Amber, yes. Yes. Okay. They're fucking scary. I don't know. I <laughs> I'm think sorry. Like maybe like baby Drakkar might be kind of cute. <laughs> but I don't know. With those I two big those eyes. Are, I don't know if those are actually wings. born though. So I don't think that counts. Okay, yes. So, Rob, you and your Murdral discussion with yourself, which was hilarious. Um. <laughs> I just love that sentence. Discussion with yourself, which was hilarious. <laughs> Whilst you were in the loony bin is the bit you left out. <laughs> it was so funny. Sorry you were in the loony bin, though. Ah, it's okay. <laughs> was there another man in your head? Right. <laughs> Ileana. Shh. <laughs> I am me. Okay, sorry. You had actually said something along the lines of like, how are Murdral born? Yes. And if they're like, like, are they babies? And then they have to like develop to become like full grown Murdral, which then of course makes me think of like little nurseries filled with baby Trollocs and Drakkar and Murdral. Like what? Yeah. Well, well they, obviously they talk about um, Murdral come from Trollocs. They're the right. human throwback right. or something. And, you know, female Trollocs are just there for breeding stock. So you don't, Trollocs aren't created. They are, you know, born. They procreate and are born. Yeah. So yeah. if you think about the size of a Murdral, a Trolloc is not going to have a fully sized Murdral baby. So they must be born small. And even yeah. if they grow really quickly, they're still going to be, quote, adolescent for a while, at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that was, a, I was like, what an interesting thought. <laughs> Can you imagine them, like, rebelling? Like, God yes, damn during, it. like, high school? My mother was a, <laughs> my mother was a trollic with the face of a pig and my father was a... <laughs> I I'm never gonna... met my father. He went off to war and got <laughs> yeah. killed by a farmer. I miss Nog. He's like chain smoking. <laughs> Behind the school. Yeah. That's a that's a spin-off story in and of itself. Yeah. The young Murdrals in high school. Murdral oh, High. What would you call it? Murdral High, yeah. yeah. Murdral High. <laughs> Awful. That's terrible. No one listened to me. I'm cutting myself off. No. I picture I it like in a so very funny. like saved by the bell, like nineties setting. Yeah, it's gotta be like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um Shell Shell Bay uh, Bayside or something. I don't know. Is there there's a lake somewhere, isn't there in the in the um mm. in the the blights? It could be like, you know, on the side of the lake and you know, <laughs> yeah. do the yes. water sports activities and you know. All the teenage merger all wear like Sperry boat shoes and yep. there's like the preppy merger all and get drunk on a raft at the weekends, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Drinking taint. I like it. Yeah. Tracy, you had mentioned earlier that you want to talk about Agonor. Yes. And basically just how messed up yeah. he is. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so and I mean, for anybody who is not aware, Agenor is the creative creator of all the Shadow Spawn. The only thing that he's not like the creator of are the Gray Men. And like when you get in and you read like what these creatures are, how they were created, what they feed on, like that's some fucked up shit. 
So Agnor <laughs> thinks up all of these things and is like, oh, I'm just going to mix together this and this and see what happens. And he creates these monsters. Like, so, yeah, I just I just wanted to comment he's on got, that. He's got, like, that mad scientist vibe. Totally. But yeah. kind of a Dr. Frankenstein type. Yeah. Dude. I always got the vibe he was kind of just a, a what-if kind of guy. Like, <laughs> what if I merge... <laughs> This and this. Isn't that how you it, know, like, yeah, that's, that had to have been like how it starts, mm-hmm. right? I mean, yeah. he just, he wanted to see what kind of stuff he could come up with. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, did he start with Trollocs? I'm pretty sure he started I with think Trollocs, Trollocs and then got a bit crazy yeah, for me. Yeah, and there's something, I know we mentioned it when we did our Forsaken episode. There was just something that he had created that he did because he wanted to see how bad of a thing he could make. So, yeah. Absolutely a mm. what if guy. Like, what if I do this thing? Yeah. But not not for good because good lord, man. What was it that you sent me in a text message the other day, Amber? Like, why couldn't he make sexy cat girls or something like that? Or maybe you heard That was <laughs> that was Robert from our Discord. Nice. He yeah, he was like he his biggest failing was that he didn't make sexy cat girls <laughs> when he could have. Is this the famous Robert from Australia? Yes. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow, yeah. sexy cat girls. I mean, has he not seen the movie? It didn't work out very well. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was completely unaware there even was a sexy cat girl movie. Cats. It's called Cats. It's called Cats. Like the yeah, yeah it's, it's the movie the made from the play. Broadway. The play's also okay, but the, the movie's shocking. Really? So, <laughs> no. Oh God, I haven't seen it. But yeah, Agnor. Oh, mm-hmm. what a guy. The thing that I think is really interesting around him is that, so he dies in the first book. Like, we get this really brief moment, like, hey, here's this bad guy, Agnor, and we're like, okay, and then he's just gone. And then he is mm-hmm. resurrected and is Osengar? Is that right? Osengard or something? Osengar, yeah. I, I His is the one, if I'm not mistaken, his is the one that starts yeah. with the A, or is he... No, he's Osengar, O-S-A-N apostrophe G-A-R. So he comes back as this guy, and he goes and he infiltrates the Black Tower, and he spends the majority of the rest of the time bumbling around like a bit of a lunatic, just talking to himself, (laughs) (laughs) muttering to himself in the old tongue, staring off into, like, nothing. Well, that's it. That's a good um, that's a good ploy though because then people will just think he's one of the Black Tower guys and he's crazy. Yeah, like, yeah, but it's just like so. I don't feel like we really get this essence of how horrible of a human being he is mm. in the books because you were just like, okay, I mean, I don't. Maybe it's just me. I'm like, mm. so. No, he's major. He's majorly creepy. Mm-hmm. Majorly. Yeah. I mean, I feel- I'm, I'm reading the companion here, and he was a noted biologist, but he, he goes over to the shadow, I presume, because he was experimenting in weird ways. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But I, how have I completely missed that he was Osinger? Oh. Because I just thought he died, no. and that was it. So I'm learning <laughs> I'm learning stuff all the time. I've read these books dozens of times. How have I missed this? 
I promise I know what I'm doing. <laughs> it's impossible, though. It's impossible to remember. Everything. I mean, there's just there's so much information in there. It's it's ridiculous. Yep. You'd have to. Yeah. There's no way. Yeah. No way. Yeah, him and uh, Halima. Halima is on my shit list. Yeah? Let me tell you. (laughs) (laughs) She was awful. I was totally... Okay, I I didn't trust her at first because I thought she was kind of, like, creepy, like, trying to, like, I don't know, just uh, playing this massage therapist, like, in the back (laughs) tent, you know? And I thought there was something up with her, but then... This is where the lights fade away and Egwene gets a non-PG moment, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Another spinoff. Another spinoff. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Beauty therapies by <laughs> But no, when they, finally, when they finally reveal who she is, I was, I mean, I was shocked. I thought maybe she was untrustworthy, but I didn't, you know, expect that to happen but but she's also she's the reincarnation of was it bethamol Bethamol. the one that got killed Uh, it was agonor and what's his face in the yeah yeah. bethamol got killed at the same time those are the that's how they came back and like the dark one is funny because halima is this like super voluptuous sexy lady (laughs) and apparently he comes back and he's like oh <laughs> my body. <laughs> what do I wait? What? But apparently, like he mm-hmm. was a, like he was a big time womanizer, and so for him to come back as a woman, like the dark one, sure has a sense of humor, guys. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I always thought the two of them were really interesting. Yeah, they were. They were a fun. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have? I mean, like. Out of the shadow spawn, ones that you are more draw- drawn to, like the story, you like the story more, or there's just characteristics that you think are more interesting than the others. I mean, I have a favorite. What's your and? What's your favorite? <laughs> it's, there's a There's a golem. I think they're dude. Amazing. Me too. Me too. Okay. In the most messed up way, like I think they are the scariest shadow spawn. Full stop. Yes. Um, okay. Like you can deal with everything else. You can kill everything else. Be that with you know, mm. sword, axe, arrow, one power, whatever. You cannot use any of those against a golem and win. You know, like Matt threw it off a, a skimming platform. That's the only way he got rid of yep. it. Like, there's... so yeah, and it doesn't even. I mean, we don't even know if it dies. It's just maybe falling in perpetuity forever. I think. Right? I yeah. think there's like... actually something in. <laughs> I don't think it's in the companion, but I think it is online that says that even a golem would have died after a certain amount of time. So, I mean, maybe oh, yeah, that's it needs someone's to feed, guess. Doesn't it? It needs to. You know feed what? On I don't know, but I do know that I, I marked it. Yeah, I marked it. I marked it in the companion. Um, so, in order to kill it, incredibly, it's incredibly tough. It generally had to be hacked to pieces and the pieces all burned to ash to kill it oh fuck <laughs> there we go so somehow okay. you have to catch this fast motherfucker and then you have to be able to like chop it up combat its strength so you can chop it up and if you just chop it up its pieces will start like creeping towards each other and just rebuild itself. back together yeah so i mean like what the fucking fuck 
And what is it? Uh, it required blood for nourishment. This is like one of those okay, moments yeah. where I'm like, Agnor, why? Why Why was it blood and not puppy chow? I don't know. Like, this is fucking ridiculous. Well, puppy chow is what the dog hounds eat. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Good point. <laughs> yeah. The golem is my favorite. And I actually have, like... Is this a good time to, like, pull out my favorite fight moment with my favorite uh, Shadow Spawn character? Go for um, it. Or do you want to say... We can. Do you want to save it could, for later You want to save it? Yeah, that's fine. Save it for the... Yeah. We're teasing you for later in the episode, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Hang around and Smart. find out. <laughs> Smart. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think, I think with the Golem... I don't know if I would be as scared because I just know that I would die. So I would completely submit to the fact where like, yep, I'm a goner. I mean, <laughs> there's nothing I can do, right? So I don't know if Please I would just be make it fast. that scared of it. I think the freakiest, like, okay, the creepiest are the the Zomara, the little servants Ooh. with the like dead black eyes. Just because they remind me of something in, like, a horror movie. You know, like, when there's, like, creepy little kids that are possessed and stuff? Like, black-eyed like kids? That, yeah, like, that scares me. But, like, these fantastical creatures, I'm kind of just like, yeah, they're creepy. But, like, the ones with the more humanoid, like, black dead eyes and, ugh. That's just, it reminds me of, of a thing of nightmares. And then they can read your mind like, how would you feel having one of these creeps, like, hanging out around you? I just want to burn it or, you know, whatever. <laughs> get rid of it. And they don't really seem to serve a point. Like, they're just servants. So, I mean, they're kind of this worthless creation. I mean, what was the point of these guys, Agonor? Really? <laughs> well... They they can't keep secrets because they might read your mind, but within thirty they seconds forgotten they've forgotten it. everything. Right. Yeah. right. So you can say whatever you want in front of them. You know, you can have them serve your guests, and and they won't give away your secrets. No one's gonna go to them, have them be their eyes and ears for the tower, or right. you know, some royalty or something. Out. You know, security. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a really good point. Yeah. But I get the creep factor. I'd never considered that before. You know, these dead eyes and that or something, yeah. I don't know. I think those are probably something that would freak me out the most. Mm -hmm. But as far as favorites go, I have to go with the Drakkar. Mm -hmm. I think those cool. are pretty cool. Indeed, indeed. And the other, um, the other ideas I was thinking about is basically how do we think that the TV show is going to portray these you know, creatures, are we going to get something that really is like amped up like horror sh horror movie type situation? Or, I mean, are they going to go like a more campy route with things? Oh, God, I hope I'm not. I'm really curious. Oh, yeah, I hope not too. I, I think they have to dial up the, the, the horror to Eleven. I, think I they agree. Have to go for it. That's what I want. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. I mean, everyone, just sticking with Merdral for a moment, Everyone's done, like, there are Merdral everywhere, really, in, in fantasy. You've got Dementors, mm. you've got the Nazgul from Lord of the Rings, yeah. which is obviously, you know, a fairly big inspiration for them. Um, you know, those types of creatures are in fantasy. It's a pretty common thing, really. 
um, in the general sense. Obviously, this is mm-hmm. they have specific things here, but they're never. I mean, the Nazgul were fairly creepy, but Lord of the Rings was not a creepy movie. Right. So right. they weren't. They they were scary, mm-hmm. but there wasn't really that proper horror effect to them. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, and for to stop people going, because it's the first bad guy you see, isn't the first? This first shadow spawn you'll see. Sure. Mm-hmm. So to stop people going, oh, this is just a rip off of Lord of the Rings or a rip off from Dementors or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, they really have to go proper. This is you creep know, mode. Uh, what's that clown from it? Like Pennywise, Pennywise has nightmares about these things type thing. <laughs> That's what yeah, I feel they yeah. have to go down. Yeah, <laughs> I love that idea. I, know. I love that idea. And I mean, we had a conversation. Amber and I did around what game of thrones versus wheel of time has to appeal to an audience and amber pointed Mm -hmm. out that like the horror factor that's available in wheel of time it's just not the same in game of thrones and i think it'd be really smart to lean on that yeah the wheel of time has way more potential in that regard i mean game of thrones there's a lot of brutal bloody you know moments Mm -hmm. but Wheel of Time definitely has the potential, in my opinion, to just really come out swinging with these fantastical, scary, you know, brutal creatures. Mm -hmm. And I looked up just on IMDb, kind of like the cast and crew to see what kind of um, ideas I can pull from that to see what maybe we can expect. Mm -hmm. And... The guy that's doing the special effect makeup has worked on Harry Potter and the fifth element. So when I think of the fifth element, I see like these campy like creatures that kind of have a sense of humor, you know, Harry Potter, a little bit different. And I didn't really watch Harry Potter. So you guys might be a better judge than I. I think it would depend on which Harry Potter's. Yeah, it got got a bit darker towards the end. Yeah, it, definitely. Um, yeah. So I th- I would think it would depend on which Harry Potter they have worked on. I personally loved Fifth Element. It's one of my favorite movies. Yeah, I, love I love the Fifth, Fifth Element, Element too. too. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, um, I was talking to Geeky Eerie last week, week before, whenever it was, and she told me um, when she was um, on my show that one of the people working on the creature creation actually did pan's labyrinth <gasps> yeah that's him too yeah this is nick yeah. Mm-hmm. there we go and the i was guy like with the, if they go the down with that the eyes right, on the hand i love that movie yeah. so much yeah if they take it down that route i think it's going to be Ooh. really like they could do the scare factor really yeah some good damn do a good job of it okay so mm-hmm. now i'm super then, pumped that's awesome yeah like pan's labyrinth is one of those movies that you watch and you're like oh my god i can't stop looking what is happening like and it's still like yeah. just like you're sitting there with chills down your spine and like yeah like watching between like your fingers kind of thing that's so good it's good and they've also got um so this is just for the special effect makeup mm-hmm. so that gives you know that gives you an idea but then for the special effects is a guy named miroslav prekenchel i'm not sure how to pronounce it, but he worked on Underworld and Spider-Man Far From Home. So I'm assuming maybe this is... Is it just Underworld or all of the Underworlds? Mm-hmm. I'd have to double check which one. 
but I mean they were, they all had pretty good effects really um the, the quality of the story just dissipated <laughs> over the movies but you know I, yeah. they, they've got some good scare factor going on like the the, the vampires and werewolves they weren't that cheesy mm-hmm. really they mm-hmm. were a lot more mm-hmm. I felt there was a bit of realism to them so that's quite interesting yeah. and then for visual special effects they've got people who worked on the Watchmen Mm. Catherine the Great um, and some others who worked on Outlander. When I think of Outlander, that makes me think of them creating like backdrops, like more medieval type mm-hmm. buildings and settings, I feel yeah. like. Mm-hmm. Um, Jurassic World and Godzilla. Mm. So big scale movies as well then. Yeah, Jurassic World, the Godzilla... <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't it was it was one of the worst Godzilla movies I have to be honest but it was from Is this I, the one that was out recently or the Matthew Broderick n- one? No, this is the Matthew Broderick one where they actually drive uh, a taxi out of Godzilla's it's... mouth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love for, that movie because it's I just so too. stupid. <laughs> for its for its time, I mean, I, Oh yeah, I mean, it's, it's okay. when it came out, it was brilliant. But uh, yeah, it doesn't age well, does it? It's really, <laughs> although Matthew Broderick's part ages brilliantly. I just think he's hilarious. But yeah, he's great. We don't need that in Wheel of Time. Don't 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 be driving <laughs> a wagon out of. Can you just imagine driving a wagon out of some giant trolley <laughs> mouth? <laughs> I don't know. Bella pulling a cart like out of one of those like Jumara yeah. worms. Yeah, there we go. There you go. Oh yes. So, so yeah, um, I, I think it looks like we've got a lot of potential here. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that I didn't find... Okay, so they also have a dialect coach. Mm-hmm. And they worked on Chernobyl and Star Wars Episode Nine. Okay. And so I'm just assuming since the cast is from different parts of the world, mm-hmm. they want the dialects kind of match up so they all don't sound like they're from different places, I'm guessing. You know, like you want the Emmons Fielders to sound like they're from Emmons Field and maybe the yeah. Borderlanders, to, you know, have a certain way of speech, maybe. Hmm. Yeah, that's definitely one. Um, going off the topic of Shadow Spawn for a second, you can have different um, ethnicities in a, in a contained town mm-hmm. or area or yeah something. yeah the speech would be very much similar um you, mm-hmm. you're not going to get a new zealand accent and a you know a, a russian accent and an american accent all in the same town mm-hmm. right they're all going right. to sound you know, have the same accent so yeah that makes sense um the only thing i didn't see which was actually what i was looking for in the first place is a language creator mm. because i was wondering are we going to have the trollic language in the show or if they're just going to speak english or whatever you know respective language from the country you're watching in so well Trollic speech is the only, apart from the old tongue, is the only speech that isn't, well, English, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Is the, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Because you, you have the old tongue and then, like, Merdral speaking, you know, the same language as everybody else, Sharon's. Um, oh, do the Sharon speak, actually, now I've said that. The Sharon speak something different, don't they? Do they? I feel like they do. I'll have to look they, into that one. They yeah, might, they might. 
Um, but, but most people, the Sharon show up at the end. <gasps> Spoiler! Oh dear! Um, <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's been warned. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm glad we did that at the beginning because when you first said, "Oh come on," I was like, "That sounds great," but oh wait, spoilers! So I'll have to be careful because it's a reread podcast. <laughs> yeah, I. But I don't have to worry about nope, that. Nope, definitely. Would you guys? Would you guys like to see though the Trolloc language, or do you think it would just be easier if they're speaking like everyone else does? I, Ooh, a few question. words would be fun, but I don't need a whole language. Yeah. So like they would all be Nargs. In essence, possibly. Uh, I don't know. No, well then I'd feel bad every time they got their asses whooped and died because I like Narg. <laughs> I like Narg too. Like Narg's death hurt me more once I've read the series a few times. Like when Narg dies, I always feel more heart heartbroken than when we get to the very end and Bella dies. I'm just like, oh, okay, Bella died. But then, you know, Nog dies at the beginning. I'm like, no, Nog is well, smart. Yeah, he's, he's sentient, you know? He he knows what's going on. Yeah. There we go. Um, I think... Yeah, I think... I think for the for the Trolloc language, I could go either way on it. I, I guess I would prefer if it was something different than what everyone else is speaking but at the same time it wouldn't you know turn me off of the show i wouldn't you know feel upset about it yeah but tracy i think this is where you can get back to your golem moment oh <laughs> okay if you want to <laughs> jump in i i do actually because like rob and i already said that golem is my favorite shadow spawn and it's for just so they could not have created a more perfect killing machine than this because it can't be touched by channeling, whether it's the one power or the true source. Mm. It has no bones, so it can go anywhere it needs to go, regardless of what the restrictions around it might be. It's super fast. It's super strong. Um, and the first time that we see it is in A Crown of Swords, which is book seven. And I'm not going to read the whole section because there's this entire fight scene with Matt and this golem. I'm down for that. I'll get some popcorn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Narrate away. I'm all for narrations. Come on. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so this is in chapter something. It's six stories is the title of the chapter. I am going to grab a drink of water. You guys look so ready. <laughs> But sitting I'm, on the edge of my seat. Yeah, I'm going to grab a drink of water real quick. My mouth is super dry. It's the pressure. It's mm -hmm. also... The pressure of narrating. It's also our house. Like, as soon as we flip our heater on in our house, it's like every last bit of moisture just gets sucked out of the air in our house. And I feel like I walk around with a super dry throat all the time. Is your uh, your husband hiding away today? You're not going to spoil it. <laughs> <laughs> You have to tell everyone what happened. Yeah, come oh on. Oh my god, I'm such a shit. Okay. <laughs> Story time, guys. Not from not from the book. We'll come back to this in a moment. So This is we're tangent, guys. This is what I do. But Sorry. It's, I think is... it's I think it's so funny and so awful at the same time. So uh -huh. Thursday the three of us got together so we could have like a pre record chat. And in the process, 
we were talking about like spoilers and how we wanted to do the episode and we decided to do like a, a spoiler free episode and Amber and I were sharing our experiences being spoiled with finding out that a queen was dead and me not thinking hey Tracy your husband's reading this series and he's only on book three and he's working from home today and can hear every word you're saying I was like oh yeah that moment when I found out that a queen died and all of a sudden from Andrew from the other room was like Tracy and I was like oh fuck <laughs> Your reaction what? was brilliant. Your was like, shit. No, I wasn't sure anything. what had happened at first. And then when you said, he heard, he knows. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I felt I mean, is so... it going his favorite character? No. But, I, I mean, this is actually the first this is the first time I've spoiled anything with him. So I'm proud of myself that I've made it through up to book three. Yeah. Like I made it, I made it like a fourth of the way through the series almost before I ruined something for him. Uh, But the fact that it was something so big was just kind of like, Oh, Tracy, you jerk. But then I talked to him later and he was like, just smiling and laughing about it. Like he wasn't, he wasn't angry. He's never angry about stuff like that. But I tried to make him feel better and be like, don't worry, it doesn't happen until the last book. And he was like, well, now I now I know when it happens. Now you know when. <laughs> yeah, so he knew that she died in book four. I know. And now it's like, you know, he's got ten books to I wait. I know. I was like, oh, I guess it would have just made me feel better to know that she was safe until the last you book. Could have, you could have just told him that it was an elaborate prank. And then he gets, you know, all the way to the end thinking... We need to find someone who dies pretty soon from where he is reading and then throw that in at some point when he's listening. Yeah. Um, like drop Moraine on there. There we go. Be like, when Moraine died, when he's on that book. Oof. And then he'll think she's really dead and he won't think she's coming back. Yeah. And then when Matt's letter turns up with Tom, you can be like, shh. Twist. <laughs> you, <know>? Twist. <laughs> you can reverse spoil him. Uh, yeah, maybe. Reverse spoil. It was just, I don't know, it was so funny. It was so embarrassing. I was just like, I'm so sorry, dear. But he's like, last night he was trying to finish book three. And I mean, I don't blame him. The way that book three wraps up, it's hard to put it down. And he was like, I was Uh just too bleary-eyed. I finally just had to sit it down and give up. And like, it's so fun to see him just fly through these books. Like, it's very satisfying. It is. (laughs) It is. But most of the time I have to just sit and smile when he talks to me about stuff. Because I can't, mm-hmm. like, I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's happening. <laughs> I'm not, not going to say anything about that. Um, but anyway, back to Shadow Spawn, now that everybody knows that I'm terrible. <laughs> so, book seven. <laughs> Women lay sprawled everywhere. Elaine was one, half on her back against the wall, eyes closed. Bannon crouched on his knees, blood streaming from nose and ears, feebly trying to pull himself up against the wall. The last woman on her feet, Janira, fled toward Matt as soon as she saw him. He had thought of her as a hawk with her hooked beak of a nose and sharp cheekbones, but her face was pure terror now, those dark eyes wide and stark. Help me, she screamed at him, and a man caught her from behind. He was an ordinary-looking fellow, maybe a little older than Matt, of the same height and slender in a plain gray coat. Smiling, he took Janira's head between his hands and twisted sharply. The sound of her neck breaking was like a dry branch snapping. He let her drop in a boneless heap and gazed down at her. 
For a moment, his smile looked rapturous. So this guy is bad news. He's bad news. Like, he just shows up and destroys things. And then, of course, like, Matt being Matt, because he's the, he's the one who's observing this. It's a POV with Matt on this one. Um, but he comments on how fast he moves, that he makes the Merdral look slow. And then this, oh, man. I don't Where Nelsian is killed. Like, oh. this is the one where, like, Nelsian had been, like, walking around behind Matt and being like, have I mentioned I could just be, like, nursing my hangover back at the palace and whatever? And, like, this is where the golem comes up and just rips Nelsian's throat out. But this is also, yeah. I just want to acknowledge how awesome Matt is. <laughs> We're spinning the yeah. Ladies and welcome to the, the Matt Love segment yeah. of the podcast. I do. <laughs> Matt is one of my very favorite characters, but like he, he's like when he first got into the room, Elaine was on the floor. And so from the corner of his eye, he saw her move, lifting a hand to her head. The man in the gray coat saw it too. With a smile, he turned toward her. Sighing, Matt tucked the useless knife into its scabbard. You can't have her, he said loudly. Promises. One jerk broke the leather cord around his neck. The silver fox had dangled a foot below his fist. It made a low hum as he whirled it in a double loop. You can't bloody have her. He started forward, keeping the medallion spinning. The first step was the hardest, but he had a promise to keep. What up, Matt? <laughs> I got really confused for a second there when you read that. I was like, he did that at the beginning of the fight? How did he know? And then I realized no, like, I jumped. that's a little bit into the fight. I, I can't yeah. read yeah. all of it. I can't read all of it. We would be here for like ever. But I just, I love that scene. The golem is terrifying. But I also love that scene for Matt being like, I made a promise. And I have to do stupid shit to keep my promises. Like face an yep. invincible monster. Awesome. <laughs> I love his attitude well, yeah. towards it too. Like, oh God, I have to keep my word. How handy. But I, I love carrying on the Matt appreciation. I love how that's not even a question. Mm -mm. He's he's not upset like, oh, I've got to do this to keep my word. Like he's not upset that he needs to keep his words. Mm -hmm. He's but just but he like has to get into it. <laughs> yeah, he's he's there's not even a question of I'm going to do this. It's more of a case of like, oh, what are the situations I put myself into? <laughs> but okay, fair enough, you know. Like, we all know I'm going to do this. It's not a question. There's no if or maybe here. I'm just still like, ugh, about it. Like, yeah. a, here we go again. Once again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, a little golem appreciation for being scary as fuck, and a little bad appreciation for being. The good guy under the roguish behavior. I love him. Yeah. I think this was really hard for me to even pin down what my favorite Shadow Spawn heavy um, chapter or paragraph would even be. That was so difficult to think about. There were two that came to mind. The first one is obviously the battle for Emmons Field mm. because. Like, it's brutal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't sure how it was going to end. I really was feeling, I was feeling pretty, you know, unsure if maybe, maybe they will just take over the whole town and that's where we're going to leave it because this is earlier on in the books and I still wasn't sure about, like, the writing style. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, in some series, 
major characters get killed right off the bat Mm -hmm. and they just don't come back. And I wasn't sure if maybe after all this work of Perrin, you know, rallying everyone together, he sends um, Fael out. And I think, well, you know, like maybe maybe we'll have like the situation where everyone dies and Fael leaves, but maybe like, oh, she's pregnant or something. So Mm. Perrin will live on through that. And I was kind of just thinking about moments like that. But I think that one is too easy of a pick because I don't know. I think everyone like adores this chapter. It's just so good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it was a killer chapter right up to the end of the battle but then it went from 10 to about a 25 <laughs> when all the all the women jump in and join the line for to stop it falling and i'm sitting there like yes! whoa this was already intense and now it feels like i was what well, i was reading what i thought was a 10 when actually it was a 2 and now it's become a 12 yes you know? <laughs> yes that is exactly how i felt mm-hmm. yeah I th- I think, do you think they'll have to make the Trollocs smaller to make that work? Because I can't picture, you know, the women with pots and pans beating the shit out of a 10-foot creature. Hmm. Well, I don't think, it's not like they join the line and then suddenly, you know, it was, Trollocs yeah, get it's, Yeah, it's not like it like, was a one-on-one situation. No. Um, so they, they join and there is descriptions of women getting killed. Mm-hmm. Um being dragged off or, or just hacked mm-hmm. with a, you know a sword or something mm-hmm. um i just think it goes from a case of being the trollocs are you know the guys are taking a step back every two seconds basically and leaving mm-hmm. you know, men dropping left right and center in the process to all right they're not stepping back every two seconds but you know they're still dropping like flies mm-hmm. yeah so, so the the women are kind of just like filling the gaps mm-hmm. essentially yeah, basically. Hmm. and then i i what do have a moment I do have another one, and I picked this one because it was actually one of the later books, and it is, um, what chapter is it? Uh, Somewhere in Towers of Midnight. So it's when Rodal Aiturola is essentially getting pushed back into Meridon. Is it Meridon? Yeah. And he's kind of losing ground. And the um, people within the city aren't coming in to help him, even though they're just getting absolutely destroyed. And he's, um, it's in the night, and they've got some Trollocs attacking with trebuchets. And the the Trollocs are launching dead bodies of dead Trollocs over the walls at Rodal (laughs) Arturalda. And he's thinking, you know, like, what the hell are they doing this for? Maybe it's just kind of like a psychological warfare type situation. Like, they're just shooting dead bodies at us. And then it clicks in his head, and he realizes that those aren't all dead bodies of Trollocs that are falling. Those are actually Drakkar landing onto the ground. And so I think I've got the little chapter up right here. Um, Yeah, 
He's thinking, light, where had they gotten these this many trebuchets? Enough to throw hundreds of dead bodies. There are 16 by his count, the boy had said, not nearly enough. Were some of those carcasses falling too evenly? It hit him like a burst of frozen rain. Those clever, bloody monsters. Archers, Arturalda screamed. Archers, watch the skies. Those aren't bodies. It was too late. As he yelled, the Drakkar unfurled its wings. Well over half of the carcasses in the volley were living shadow spawn, hiding among the falling bodies. After the first Drakkar attacked on his army a few days back, he'd left archers on permanent rotation watching the skies day and night but the archers didn't have orders to fire on fallen bodies. Aitorola continued to bellow as he leaped out of the pavilion, whipped his sword from its scabbard. The upper camp became utter chaos as Drakkar dropped amid the soldiers. A large number of them fell around the command pavilion, their two large black eyes shining, drawing men towards them with their sweet songs. Aitorolda screamed as loud as he could, filling his ears with the sound of his own voice. One of the beasts came for him, but his yell prevented him from hearing its croon. It looked surprised, as surprised as something so inhuman could look. And he stumbled toward it, pretending to be drawn, then struck an expert thrust through its neck. Boom. Boom. That's creepy. That, that is, is yeah. creepy. And I just love the way that all of these battle scenes play out in these books and I thought that was just fabulous because I was thinking the same thing like okay they're shooting dead bodies over the wall all right that's kind of weird but whatever and then that big holy shit moment where you're like oh no oh no oh no but I love that he has the for like the thought like just to start screaming his lungs out so that he can't hear their song. That's brilliant. <laughs> That's so smart. Yeah. Yeah. I um when I was reading that I thought oh if they run out of boulders they're just shooting bodies now instead. Yeah. Um, and then. <laughs> Yeah, it gets very freaky very quickly, and you're like, shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's uh, dark. That's dark. I'm trying to think. Um, so I can't find it in the books, um, but my favorite Shadow Sword moment has to be when Caimnan falls. Ooh. Um, and you've got Thomas, and oh, he's, he's God. just getting my back heart. in there. My heart. Yeah, <laughs> taking down um, as many Shadow Sword as he can to just get back to the dragons, basically, um, and to the palace. And I just think it's a, you know, the moment where he gets known as Dreadbane and then suddenly it's like, oh my God, he's making jokes that people understand are jokes. Because he's one of my favorite characters. And he's great. I honestly thought he wasn't going to make it after I, all that. I, thought, I didn't either. I thought he was dead. I yeah. thought he was gone. And he just kept going and going. And I just love that moment. Um, and just the, the way that, you know, the murderer attacks him after he's already killed one. And it puts a slice limb that normally puts a man down, but he's just like, ah, because of what you've done to me already, I can't feel that. It was like he became like, almost like a anti-mergeral for the light or something. I don't yeah. know. It was just like, dude, you, you, it doesn't hurt to cut me. So, and then the mergeral said like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, oh, they're kind of shocked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's just, a really yeah, good it's a very one. satisfying moment and uh, I, I really really enjoy it so uh, that, that's my favorite moment. I can't find it in the books um, because obviously that battle goes on for ages yeah. like across two books or something ridiculous so um, 
Yeah. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. Whew. That's a good one. That's a good choice. Tracy, you had written something in here about something you think could change with the show. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? I'm intrigued. Uh, so I think I think maybe you would ask the question, are there any moments you think they will change or sh- like they will or should change? Mm-hmm. And if we're amping up the horror factor, then this should definitely remain. But, like, Trollic cookpots are terrifying and really <laughs> gross. <laughs> I Yeah, if they want to make it scary, all they have to have is, you know, some, like, arms yeah. being stern yeah. up in a pot. Yeah, or, like, the, the Trollocs, like, hanging out in the background butchering humans that are still alive. Like that sounds, that sounds pretty awful. And some of them not waiting and just like chowing down. You know, at least I mean, I at least they cook their food, right? Sometimes, I mean, not always. Well, yeah, sometimes. Yeah, like sometimes they're like, <laughs> yeah, oh wait, mid battle, I'm starving. Grab some guy's arm. Well, they even eat each other sometimes, yeah. don't they? Like if there's dead Trollocs laying around, they're just like, yeah. Mm. Trollocs don't Snack. give a fuck. Like, they are all... It was really fun. The companion has some really good stuff about Trollocs in it. Like, until... Cannibalistic in nature. Yeah. And, like, until yes. the Murdral, like, came along, there was no way to control the Trollocs. So they were just this rampaging, killing force running through the land without anyone controlling them, I guess. I don't know. Like, where were... Th- like, never mind. Sorry. Just loopholes. <laughs> <laughs> so are you saying get rid of the cook pots or just have that as a you know the audience has to think about what they might actually look like or be well i mean type thing i think it would have to be like maybe it wouldn't be but like i would think it would be a fairly elaborate thing to kind of set that up and also amp the evilness of the trollocs like how awful it is to encounter one that you know you could potentially end in a trollic cook pot but it, so i don't necessarily know if they need to show it i want them to because i like horror and gore so i'm fine with it but at the same time that would be something that i would maybe think about just like would it be necessary to show in the show i don't yeah. know i've i've just got visions of i mean i, I know the fe- female trollics aren't used for um anything other than um, creating more trollocs but yeah. now i've just got a vision of two female trollocs stood over a cook pot just like slicing onions and chopping carrots like as if they're making a stew just be like so like he came back from the battle today and he was just like he did not give me any attention whatsoever and i was like come on i'm cooking your fucking dinner you know just because you brought the meat back from some peasants doesn't mean you can't talk to me like a human you know Yes. I just had a vision of like some kind of bitch session going on. And I was like, mm, that would be funny. Would it fit the show? Like you can kind of see that there's something being stirred in the pot, but you can't really tell what it is. And then it like slowly shifts over and you see it's like it's someone's like, face. Yeah. Yeah. Like a and then the trollocs go, oh, eyeball. I'll squeeze the jelly from that for later, it's but a, it's quite nice on toast. It's a, it's a true delicacy. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, gross. Yeah, so I mean, that was 
that was the first thing that came to mind. So I'm not really 100% sure why, but I just thought it was kind of, I don't know. I feel like it could be shown. It gets talked about a lot in the books. and It does. I, I just don't know if it would be something necessary to have shown on screen. Yeah. But it could also one, one be fun. I've... I mean, it could be gross yeah. and fun. I don't know. <laughs> I wonder, I feel like it's something that they would do like right off the bat in the beginning one time just to drive home like how horrible they are. Yeah. And then you can leave it implied after that. Or, or just have cook pots somewhere. Yeah, without, yeah. Like, yeah, as long as you see something. the cook pots, you know what's in there. Yeah. So. Yeah. That, that makes that sense. That would work, yeah. Huh. So. I, if, if I think they should change anything or, or going to change anything, and I have discussed this in the past, I think in the episode as well, is the cloaks of the Murderall. I don't think you can have a, a cloak that doesn't move um, and not have it look like... You know, some awkward. kind of shockingly, yeah, awkward or shockingly bad CGI or well, like you know. And I think the thing that would be kind of cool is like a cloak can be so dramatic. Like if you mm-hmm. had the Murdral running down the road from the Althor farm towards the village, like when Rand is bringing his father into the village after they've been attacked by Trollocs, like if you had it purely silent because they can make it so that their horses don't make a sound with like a black cloak streaming out behind it as it's like barreling down. Do they, I think that would be, I think that would be a really cool effect and give it a lot so of make, like make drama. the magical silent as opposed to Yeah, because that is how do they make a thing about it. How do they make the horse disappear? Because Rand is like, oh, there's a guy on a horse, and then he's gone. Like, we know that the Murdral can hide and shift and change, but how did he hide his horse? I've never been able able to figure out. Like, maybe that was just a one-off accident. Like, oops, had it in the first book, and that's that. (laughs) I mean, I always took that as um, when Rand wasn't looking, the the rider just rode off. Um, Okay. Like, over the hill and disappeared down but i mean perhaps <laughs> to me it was a, like he I blinked mean, and then they were gone and i was like okay <laughs> <laughs> i think if um, they need to change something we start out there's no horse he just sees little or this creepy ass monster like maybe like cross the road off fast like a snake and him do like a double take like did you see that you know, and then uh, I, I, don't I know. feel that 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 might give the murderer the vibe of you know they're sort of like hiding away and they're not when when you see the the murderer just standing there initially or sitting on the horse mm, and then it's like it's a... like it's like I don't give a damn that you see me mm-hmm. I'm just yeah, gonna like, stand here like an I like, see you motherfucker yeah <laughs> I yeah I see you seeing me and yeah. I don't care that gives it a lot more of a you know. It, the, the creature is so confident in its abilities mm-hmm. and its power that I it like doesn't that. matter if it gets spotted. Um, or if it just sort of slinks across through bushes or across the road quickly and Rand's the only one that sees it, kind of implies a lesser yeah, status. Yeah, mm-hmm. then it makes it... Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I like that. But okay, then, yeah, I've changed my mind. The, I, I agree with get rid of the horse. Okay. Yeah, I'm, get I'm, rid I'm, of the I'm horse. I'm okay with that. Yeah, get rid of the horse. Just have the Merdral stand there on you know, the edge of sight or the top of a hill or something and then just, you know, maybe even see it just turn sideways and poof, disappear. And you're like, Ooh. what the fuck? Like slip into yeah. a shadow. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, slip into a shadow, yeah. I like so. that. Hmm. 
Very cool. Yeah. I do I do like the idea of movement for the cloak. Like, yeah, it's cool that it just hangs there and does nothing in the books and that that is like a way of distinguishing it. But I like the idea of it having movement. Yeah. Well, it keep it's described so many times as having like serpentine like movements. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if the cloak is just stationary, like, I don't know, then it can't feel very smooth. Yeah. (laughs) Like the movement isn't as smooth anymore. Yeah. Okay. We are at 58 minutes for recording. Do we, okay. we still have a few things left to touch on? I would not mind running to the restroom real quick. Does anyone else need a break? I would make myself another cup of coffee. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Let's take let's take a short break and then okay. nope. we'll be back in a few minutes. Cool. All right. Cool. Awesome. <laughs> Hey. Hi. How's it going? Yeah. I, I, it's my, my mic is picking up so much of me being in the kitchen, which is hilarious. Oh, my God, right? Um, yeah. Um, but I can hear you guys in the background. It's like, no, Mom's just taking a quick break. Like, love you. And I was like, oh, it's so cute. I mean, I don't want to have kids myself, but I love people. Like, uh, people who have kids. I love I love my nephew. Yeah. You know, you know I've got, I, I don't mind kids. I just personally just don't want it myself but i think so you kids don't are great, have so. kids unless you really want to like exactly there's it's such a commitment it, and there's so much to it you know, you're not kidding you're, respon- <laughs> you're responsible for another human being and who they become it's like no i don't want that shit thank you <laughs> but no regrets arthur's delightful and my 20 year old is like the best he's the best oh. like I told Tracy she needs to go ahead and move to Scotland already. That way Arthur has a cute accent. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the Scottish accent's pretty pretty prevalent and pretty strong, so he'll probably pick it pick up pretty it up. quick, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no. So, and then, you know, your recordings would be really easy, wouldn't they? Oh, my gosh. There'd be an hour time difference. There won't be yeah. such a big time difference. We've managed fairly well. It's, yeah, like, so far we've been able to to swing with this and make it work which i'm really thankful for oh i've i've done recordings so um the leaf guys i started recording at i think 10 p.m my time mm-hmm. um who else did i have on and i had to record at literally midnight or one o'clock in the morning wow um when i was on with the black tower podcast guys i was on their show i was gonna ask online. i was gonna ask that you about at, the, the international one yeah the the international panel that was at two o'clock in the morning every time i do the dust well every every time i watch the dusty bill that's two o'clock in the morning and obviously the one time i was on it that's obviously two o'clock in the morning as well um and then when i had geeky eerie because she's in hawaii oh my gosh um, i got up at 8 a.m well i was up early in that but i started recording 8 a.m my time because she's like i can't record until i put my daughter to bed and that's at like nine o'clock or something so she was recording thursday night at like 10 p.m. and I'm recording Friday morning at like 8 a.m. Crazy. That's amazing. I love that. I love that. I have have a real messed up sleep pattern. So this weekend's been (laughs) awful. So Friday night, I went to bed at 11, got back up at 3 a.m. because um, I'm part of the little band of the Red Hands, and that's all I'm allowed to tell you about that. Um, It's a thing. (laughs) Yeah, genuinely, it's 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 a Fight Club. I you know I can only tell you there's Fight Club and that's <laughs> I can't tell you anything else about it. Um, 
but that there was a new a new induction for that at three o'clock in the morning and i was like i need to bake for the black tower podcast guys but i want to be there because i'm a vet and i was like fuck it i'll get up and bake so i got up at three o'clock in the morning baked while listening to the game went back to bed at six got back up at quarter past eight and then went and worked all day got home last night and then stayed up till 6 a.m um <laughs> finishing the cake and stuff like and that that was my and sleep drinking <laughs> and drinking and then got up at quarter to 12 this this morning so like my sleep pattern is always screwed so for to stay up and record i'm just like ah this is just what i do now so <laughs> <laughs> it's just wow life. wow I need to make this make money and then I can give up a regular job and just have, right. you know, live on an American timescale. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah, do it. Do it. But yeah. You should, you should be able to. At, at where we are. at where we're at. Oh, I have in here because we posted the questions on mm-hmm. Discord and I actually liked, Rob, your question about advantages and disadvantages. Oh yeah, so I was I was trying to think. I wasn't sure if you were telling people I was on or not, so I was like, I didn't want to say, ah, oh, we should talk about this when we're on. So I was just like, I'll just put a question in. Mm-hmm. No, we're <laughs> announcing it on Wednesday. Cool. And I love that I've got the file open and then someone is currently typing. <laughs> yeah, that, this is... <laughs> well, I was looking literally, at that too, words, words just started to appear, and I'm like, what? <laughs> That trips me out at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> like it was reading your mind. <laughs> I was yeah. I was working on a grant proposal the beginning of last spring semester, fall semester, I think. And I was working on it with two of my professors. And to see them go into a Google Doc and like correcting and shortening and adjusting together, I just sat there and watched it because I was like... I, you get like this peek into like how people think and process when they're like typing shit like that out. It's very clever. Yeah. Um, Noel, Noel has a Word document um, for his notes, and um, I get notified every time he adjusts it. Yep. <laughs> the first time it happened, I text him, it's like, are you making notes of the books? He's like, how the fuck did you know that? <laughs> Google tells me when you open the file, dude. <laughs> he's like, oh. Yep. It's so handy. I've used Google Docs for so many things. This is not an ad for Google, yeah. by the way, no. but I love it. But Google, if you want to sponsor the podcast, yeah, pre- right, yeah, we'll take, I'll take a little Google Cash. I'm fine with that. Um, no, Amber had asked me when we had a phone chat about whether or not the Shadow Spawn have free will, and I loved that question. So I just wanted to make a note that I kind of want to come back and talk about that for a minute. If you guys are down for that, yeah, I'm totally down. Okay, for that. Okay, cool. So yeah. then. Uh, advantages disadvantages effective least effective is that where we were for rob's question Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, yeah cool who wants to jump in first i have i mean i have a i have a pretty on the fly remark about this (laughs) i would have to say i would have to say most effective are trollocs just because of the sheer number Mm -hmm. and they're just you know like meat for the machine they're just fodder Mm-hmm. Nobody cares if they die. There's, you know, so many of them. So I think they probably have like the most kills, mm-hmm. possibly. As a, as a type of shadow spawn, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. As no, that type. makes sense. I I would agree there. Most effective, definitely. Yeah, same. But but I would also say that they're also maybe one of the they've got one of the biggest disadvantages. And do you know what the 
Keystone Army trope is. Have hmm. you heard of this before? I haven't. Okay, it's like... Nope. Um, so, like, an invading force that has, like, one particular weakness. And so it's usually, like, one individual or soldier or object, and it's kind of, like, the source of the enemy's powers, and then once it's destroyed, like, the enemy force falls apart. Uh, so like one ring, basically. Yeah, yeah. So, like, Star Wars, you know, they blow up the Trade Federation ship, and then <laughs> all the droids fall, you know, uh, this yeah, type yeah, of situation. Probably, yeah. Or Game of Thrones, the Night King. You kill him, and then they all just kind of crumble. And this is... That anti-climactic battle moment, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and... (laughs) Yeah, and so when the Merdral is bonded with them, Mm -hmm. when the Merdral gets whacked, then the Trollocs are just like, oh, I don't know what to do anymore, and they just, like, run away. And essentially... They but can the ones be... that are bonded die? Yeah, I think I think it, they Do die. Do they die? The, mm-hmm. Yeah, the ones okay, that are... Yeah. So, so a merger will link with like up to 50 Trollocs, maybe even 100. I'm, don't quote me on that number exactly, but a fair amount. Mm-hmm. And when the merger dies, the Trollocs instantly die as well, even though the merger takes until the sun rising to die properly. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then that's like the perfect example of this like Keystone Army trope. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah. Without the Merdral kind of like whipping them and telling them where to go, they kind of don't know what to do either. They're not as effective. Mm-hmm. So they're way more they're way more stronger when they're bonded. But yeah. so I think they are the most effective and least effective in that case. Hmm. But mm-hmm. that was yeah. my my thoughts. No, I like that. Definitely, yeah, they're very effective, uh, you know, just um, just peons in the army, just, like, slaughtering and that sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, like the they pawns have a lot of on the chessboard. You know, they're big, they're strong, but that's about it, you know. Yeah. Um, so, a nice, yeah, a nice balance there. Um, I don't think I could think of a more effective Shadow Spawn, really. Um, yeah, especially yeah, if you're looking you to take down numbers. No, I, uh, yeah. almost all of the other Shadow Spawn... I mean, except for maybe They're like, like assassins. The other. I mean, I have like, a least effective yeah. that instantly jumps out. Oh yeah, me. please. And that is the Drakkar. Yeah. Okay. I think I think the Drakkar are shockingly useless, really. <laughs> uh, so the one time we, we see them, what two or three occasions? Um, mm-hmm. they're, they're almost like they're silent assassins. I feel like they're they. So Golem are um, Drakkar two point and okay. I'll, I'll take you through my process here. So, um, Drakkar are like assassins almost, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're sent to kill Moraine. They're sent to cold. Is it Cold Rock's Hold? Yep. Where, mm-hmm. um, yep. Yep. They're sent there and they're trying to, to take out Rand and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And they're just, they die very easily. They're not very strong. They're pretty much like. They can't protect themselves, really. They can't protect themselves. Good point. It's like, oh, I'll sing, to, I'll sing to one person to get their attention. I'll be so focused <laughs> on that. I have no idea what's going on around me. I'm a vulnerable <laughs> creature anyway. And it's just like, do some dude passing with a knife just be like, oh, slice that. Okay, right next. And it, <laughs> yeah. And they were like, oh, we've made these assassins that can just swoon people and stuff. And, you know, that's great. But they're so easily taken out and they get so focused on one person. We need to up this. And Agnor was like, right, I'm going to make some shit that no one can kill. And that way well, they, they can focus on one person. And even someone comes by and just like slices their head off. They're just like, oh, I'll keep going for a moment. It's fine. 
Um, I don't think... And that's where we got the golem from, but... Yeah, Drakkar, they're useless. Come on. They're <laughs> not big... The... There's, not, there's not big numbers of them. They can only focus on one person at a time. Um, they're, they're not physically very strong. They're not... You know, they don't have great defenses. Yeah, it's like um, their song yeah. is their defense. Because they, yeah. they should really mm-hmm. only be set into situations where it's going to be, like, a very minimal amount of people for the Drakkar to be around. So, like, yeah, one, maybe two people tops. And then you can definitely, they... like sing your it way almost into... essentially has to be nighttime where they can't be seen anyways mm-hmm. because they're so you know they they can't really protect themselves i, I mean, think that's why they got relegated to scouts i think yeah. agnon made them to be assassins realized with they need so many extra things like nighttime <laughs> and well, very did, few people around to be truly effective as assassins did agnon probably turned up at this point though? and was just like yeah, he made them, yeah. yeah. I thought that they were humans turned by the Dreadlords. Oh, no, that's that's Grey Men, yeah. So, um, mm-hmm. Okay. Grey, Grey Men have given up their souls to serve the Dark One, basically. Um, and he just makes them, you, know, you just you don't notice them, and they can sneak up and be any Bond's assassin. And I I mean, maybe they came Great. first, and then Agonor's like, I can do better, or maybe <laughs> Agonor made Drakkar, and the Dark One goes, dude, I thought you were evil and good at your job. Like... <laughs> Seriously? And Agnor's like, ah, fine, they can be scouts. I'll make something better. And Dark One's like, too late. Hold my beer. I've made great men. Hold my Cosmo. Yeah, Yeah. hold my taint. I'm making something special. There we go. And uh, then and then Agador got pissed off and was like, dude, I can do better than great men. Come on. Like, and then his golem, Dark One's like, six. And that's it. Or I ain't got anyone to rule. <laughs> so, huh? Yeah, that's that's my least effective, mm-hmm. and also probably most disadvantaged. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and the and the Zomara are pretty. I mean, use, useless. They're. I mean, I don't think we even see them killing anyone. They're just serving tea or whatever. Who knows? <laughs> that is true. <laughs> I thought you said Jamara for a minute there, and I was like, oh, the no, neglected no, no. children of the Shadow Spawn. <laughs> They're the Shadow Spawn nobody wanted, and they got left in a box on the side of the road for someone to just adopt. No one did, and they grew up to be real, just like, we're going to kill everything in the waste. In the waste? In the blight. In the blight. The <laughs> they are the neglected are children, yes. That's what they are. But the Jumara, those are just like the larval stage, right? We mm-hmm. never see a full-grown... No. What is it that they become? I don't know. I've, let me. I've got the, maybe the companion will tell me. It might not. I probably won't. I'm gonna. I'll have a look, uh, I'm gonna check out butterflies. The link too. They be. They become big butterflies. <laughs> Beautiful butterfly. Wouldn't that be funny though? If like the adult stage was something completely non-threatening. Like... I love that idea. Like all of they're like evil, evil, evil. Oh, butterfly. I'm gonna go now I just shit. think the now I just think Jumara is um, they're blight pollinators. Uh, <laughs> blight pollinators. I've just got a, is it Heimlich from uh, Bugs Life? Bugs uh, the, the 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 kids movie. Yeah, I'm a beautiful butterfly. Look at me in my wings. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I've got stuck in my head now. <laughs> That's <Perfect>. a head cannon. <laughs> Let's see here. And now I can't search in the book because I'm laughing too much. <laughs> I'm trying. Let's see here. I'm trying. 
Oh, my God. I think, nice. what was it? Um, okay. Uh, our friend Robert from Australia wrote on our Discord, uh, Adult Jumara are a fun read. The worms in The Blight are just the larval stage of a much more dangerous creature. One, the other Forsaken say Agonor only created to see how horrifically monsters a creature he could engineer. Mm -hmm. But I don't know where he found that information. In the companion, it says they are beasts created during the Age of Legends and known as worms in the following age. Huge, vicious creatures created by Agonor that lived in the Blight and traveled in packs under certain conditions they transformed in some unspecific way. Okay. So. Huh. An unspecific way. Yeah. That's oh, sorry, unspecified way, but oh. same, same unspecified way. Yeah. yeah. That's not helpful. Um, so we never know. No. no, we do know. They become butterflies. We've decided. <laughs> that is it, yeah. Well, it does say under certain conditions. So maybe, you know, the blight mm. maybe because the blight never disappeared, the dark one wasn't shut away properly, the taint was yeah. prevalent and uh, half the power. That they're just like, well, you know, this is not the right conditions, boys. Like, they don't need butterflies right now. They need horror. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, after the last battle, everything's good. They're like, dude, like, look, it's nice around here now. There's green trees and shit, grass. Like, we can become the butterflies and pollinate finally. So, Pollinating the blight. Circa, there we go. Circa the first idea. stage. <laughs> so your listeners are never going to look at a butterfly the same way again. No. No, they're not. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah. You're welcome, everyone. I see it as this, like, really, like, ridiculous, like, Pokemon-esque type character. <laughs> just, like, bumbling around. Oh, does that Wait. make the, some of the Forsaken Jesse and James from Team Rocket? <laughs> <laughs> like, the dark one is the guy with the per the, the, the Persian cat, whatever it's called, um, the Meowth that's... Um, why do the bad guys... Boy. Why do the bi bad guys always have a cat, you know? Well, it's, like, it's, uh, you know, it's a welcome to the Bond, isn't it? You know, like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, like, Bond villain-esque. Yeah. Um, what uh, was the... Tracy, what was the next... Oh, I wanted I wanted to talk about your do Shadow Spawn have free will mm. question because it's a okay. really good one. Yeah. So when you first asked that question, it was shortly after I had read the beginning of book eight where the golem comes in after uh, Moradin watches all of the kin and everybody leave from the courtyard of the palace in Ibudar to go use the Bull of the Winds. And Moradin had been standing there watching. He killed one of the servants that came through there, and the golem comes over and starts eating the carcass of this dead person. Because that's what golems mm -hmm. do. But while he's mm -hmm. doing this, like, he's trying to decide what his next step is. Like, he can feel the weave. He has an idea of where it leads to and he knows he can follow them but he also knows that he has something he's supposed to be doing inside the city i think he's supposed to be finding matt or like he's supposed to do one or the other but he wants to go after matt i don't remember exactly which way it landed but he's he's trying to decide what do i do next and he has orders but he's considering not following them 
So maybe like to yeah, an, a it, certain extent. In that scene, I think he was told to chase down. Is it like Nynaeve and, and Egwene and that he's mm-hmm. meant to be? Sorry, Nynaeve and uh, Elaine. Elaine. He's meant to. Mm-hmm. They're the orders he's got is to to find and kill them. Okay. Um, but he wants to kill Matt mm-hmm. because Matt stood up to him and was able to stop him mm-hmm. or at least put him off. Yeah. So he was like, normally I, you know, just follow orders, but on this occasion I can kind of do what I want as well. But it does imply that he could make that conscious decision to if not. he wants to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what stops the golem from saying no to a forsaken? Yeah. Yeah. What stops the golem from being like, well, I don't want to be on the side of the dark one anymore. Like, I want to fight for good and just take them all out. Like, what? what how does he? Or just give in to the know. fact that he's pure evil and eat the forsaken because what can they do to him? You know. Right. That's what I'm saying. And I mean, it does because say we like, don't. It's in the companion, and I'm sure it's online too. The Forsaken had very strong feelings about the Golem. They were not crazy about the fact that they had been made, and Agnor only made six of them. So three female, three male Golems. And as far as we know, there's only the one that has survived from the Age of Legends to the age that we are in in the book. So, yeah. I mean, can you imagine if you, there were like all six of them were present? What the fuck? Right. Why? Yeah, that, that scene was, was interesting because um, it was Moradin using the true power to travel at that stage, wasn't mm-hmm. it? And the Golem talks there about, you know, it, it doesn't feel the itch of the one power, but it senses something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, I, I suppose that. It must have been the only way you could control the golem was with the true power. Maybe that the would true make power sense. affects them different. Because that that's the dark sense. one's essence yeah. as opposed to yeah. you know, the one power. just the one power. Mm-hmm. So perhaps the true power is the way you control them. Um, dark one says only make six because, or Agonor decided to make six because, hold up, we can't actually control them. But, you know, if there's a nameless or the dark one's feeling generous then, you know, you can control them with the true power. Hmm. That's a possibility. But they still have a lot of... I would... Uh, yeah, I would think they still have a lot of free will mm-hmm. because they have a lot of... Even if it is just the true power that controls mm-hmm. them, they can say fuck off to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Right, you know, right. Like, there's only one Nablus and uh, the occasional someone else can use a bit of the true power and then obviously the dark mm-hmm. one. And that leaves, what, like... A billion, well, maybe not a billion other people, but, you know, millions of other people that it can say, ah, no thanks. Mm-hmm. To, yeah. You know. Because we don't so. see any Merdral or Trollocs being like, screw you guys, I'm tired of fighting for the Dark One and I'm going <laughs> to do my own thing. You know, they they essentially are all, I mean, obviously we, we don't get a point of view character from any of these creatures. But we do. But we do from uh, Shadar Haran. Around. And we do get yeah. the viewpoint of the golem in that particular mm. chapter where, like, he's coming out and he's talking about that thing. And Shadar Haran is the other one that I'm thinking of that expresses a desire for free will. And so, yeah. like, he's, he's, I don't even know what book it's in, but I know I read something recently where he was like, he had his orders for now, he had his place in the hierarchy for now, but he had, like, 
an idea of what he would want to do once he was free yeah. of that and he was looking for a way to be free of it. Does that ring familiar with sense. you guys? Okay. Yeah, yeah. or maybe just any time one of these creatures shows any weaknesses towards possibly not being controllable, they just kill it. Yeah. You know? Possibly. I mean, for me, there's it's important to make the distinction that just because... So Trollocs love killing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know? They are evil creatures by nature. Mm-hmm. Go to love Aren't killing. Aren't they just um, hunger? Like, they're just hunger personified, right? Kind <laughs> like of, the Trollocs? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, Merdral live to kill mm-hmm. um, and, you know, just be, do evil things mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, it's For me, it's important to remember that just because uh, creatures... Mm-hmm do what the dark one wants because they love to kill they love to do evil things mm-hmm. doesn't take away their autonomy in doing those tasks mm. i mean let, let's say um you know you take a 12 year old and say you can have as you know you can design your own food forever and the kid's just like i'm gonna eat ice cream every day and that's <laughs> it you know that's what the kid wants to be like do you know what that actually works for me because i own an ice cream truck and i want to sell you ice cream every day and your parents are rich like yeah just because that's what the you know the kid is doing that and it seems like you're controlling the kid this is a weird analogy i'm really sorry um <laughs> no but it works i was it just works. thinking i was just thinking about desire and i was like children love ice cream um it just for some reason popped into my head um that doesn't mean the kid hasn't chosen to only eat ice cream. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and doesn't mean the kid couldn't turn around and be like, uh, okay, I've put on a thousand pounds and I'm going to die at the age of 14 so they now. Were... Perhaps I should stop eating ice cream. You know? So um, they're just kind of serving the purpose they were created for, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. I mean, some of them I don't think have free uh, Drakkar, I don't think have free will. Mm-mm. I think Drakkar are very much, um, that it, for them, the obsession has gone so far that it's, you know, they're just mindless at that stage, basically. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, they, they aren't one I of the ones that are... At... I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no, no, go ahead, go ahead. Go I was going to say, I think the Drakkar are actually kind of pointed out in particular as not being a very intelligent... I mean, Trollocs aren't exactly intelligent either, but I think Drakkar are along the same lines where, like, they're just more instinct to, like, seduce and kill. Yeah. You know? And the Zamara obviously are totally, you know, they have no free will whatsoever. Definitely. No. Um, Good point. And I would argue the grey men don't too. Mm. And the grey ladies, because there are occasionally grey ladies mm-hmm. as well. Um, I would argue that they, they have free will when they give up their souls to serve the Dark One. Mm-hmm. But after that, they have no free will. Mm-hmm. They just, you know, are not mindless, but, you know, well, they are kind of mindless. Mm-hmm. They just, you know go here's your mission it's almost kind of like it's almost kind of like a hive mind type situation where almost oh this is i guess this is more towards like with the trollocs but when they're bonded with the merdral like i feel like the merdral can like almost telepathically like tell them what he wants and pushes them Mm -hmm. to do it Mm -hmm. yeah But it's an interesting thought process, isn't it? Yeah. It is. It's something that you could really... It's a lot to think about, though, because just free will gets brought up in the Wheel of Time so often because people are like, well, if the wheel, you know, has its own, you know, way that it wants things to go, it creates, you know, moments with Taviran. And I, I still believe, like, our characters have free will. The wheel is just kind of always 
taking into account what's going on and supplying alternate situations to keep things on track, maybe? Yeah. Well, it's like, where does free will start and stop? Yeah, so, that's the question. You know, <laughs> you know the, the yeah, that, that is the question. So the wheel is like, okay, so I have to create this dragon situation, you know. Yeah. So just because I organize, you know, a war or I tell someone to run off to the waste or, or anything of that sort of nature, does that stop the person having free will? Mm -hmm. um, because if Rand's mother had not run off to the waste and decided to ignore the foretelling then the, the the wheel would have been like right okay um fuck i'll change things around and we'll, we'll have a, a, a dragon in a different we'll have a dragon in another thousand years or something yeah um you know like the events still happen people can i mean you get up and choose what you have See, it's, so, you it's really awkward too when sorry it's really, oh it's really awkward like when rand shows up in this one town in i think the dragon reborn and everyone just starts getting married. Yeah. yeah. You know? And it's like these strange situations where it's like, well, I don't know. In some cases, I feel like it's almost leaning in both directions. Mm -hmm. <laughs> where it's, yeah. it's I mean, almost impossible the to effect's draw interesting. a line. Yeah, the, the different effect's really interesting because it doesn't make things happen that could never happen. Right, yeah. Mm -hmm. Just they might be one in a million chance of happening. Mm hmm and mm -hmm. all those people getting married were obviously all pairs that were plausible and could have happened. Yeah. But Rand just happened to play with the pattern so much that they all aligned to happen at the same time yep. yeah. on this random occasion. And there is an argument that there's no free will for those people there because it's like, well, the pattern's just been twisted and they've got, they're going to get married. But then your counter argument is they're all people that could have gotten married or may have Regardless. gotten married one time in a thousand or a million or whatever anyway. Um, so it's a very fine line to play with. Yeah, definitely. I feel like Rand would totally, like he comes across as not having freedom to choose. Like I think he's always looking for the direction that the pattern wants him to take. Like he's always looking at the prophecies and he's asking questions about it. And like he's always looking at his inevitable death and mm -hmm. so i out of all of the the main characters i feel as though he's the one that feels his hand being forced guided yeah, yeah by what the pattern needs is that because that's how he chooses to view it the whole time not the whole time <laughs> but okay yeah but he's like, oh, I'm the Dragon Reborn, so I'll just run off to Tyr to prove it. <laughs> um, oh, the prophecies, I'm the Dragon Reborn, so I have to do what the prophecies say, so I'll spend time to figure it out. Because he's got that mindset of, this is what I have to do, uh -huh. mm -hmm. this is what I'm told I must do, he then does it. Mm -hmm. Originally, when See, Moraine tells him... See, that's the problem him, with prophecy in the first place. Yeah, well, that's true. But originally, he's like, I'm not Dragon, I'm not going to channel, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And... He doesn't run off to Tyr. You know, the pattern doesn't turn around and make Fane steal the dagger and run to, to Tyr, does he? Mm -hmm. You know, it's... Mm -hmm. The pattern doesn't instantly make him do something. But then he decides eventually, well, I am the dragon one, so I suppose I better do this. The, the pattern's like, oh, I'll just light everything up for you in that case then. Yeah, um, it's kind of like the pattern is always shifting and um, moving, like... if. 
like the butterfly effect. If one thing doesn't yeah. work out, then it changes its way and works in a different direction. And it's still kind of guiding and shifting and always changing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... I would argue that Matt has less free will than Rand. Really? Yes. So Matt can't leave. I mean, oh. there's like a, a book, two books, it feels like, where Matt physically can't leave Rand. Mm-hmm. Um, where he and feels like, the pattern. You know, he feels it I, pulling on yeah. him. At one point, he can't even talk Mm -hmm. about leaving. Yeah. You know, here's Rand. Oh, I'm going to do this, or I'm organizing that army. I'm making secret plans to run off to the waste. I'm, you know, I'm organizing all these different things. And there's Matt, like, I can't even say the sentence, I'm leaving and I'm going off to Altara, or I'm going off to, you know, um, Shinar or something like that. You know, he can't even say those words at one point. Yeah. Um, and when he tries to leave before the battle outside Karin, oh yeah, um, you know he Damn. just bumps into one set of people and then another set of people, and he's like, "I'm doing everything I can to get away from the fight, mm-hmm. and my route is exactly taking me into the center of it." <laughs> like Matt, Matt is basically just, you know, someone's there with strings like a, a puppeteer, puppet. being like, "Say what the hell you like, mate, because I don't have a string <laughs> on your mouth, but the rest of your body is doing what the hell I want it to do." So it's like, yeah. You know, it's... Perrin's run away to the two rivers. Rand's making all these plans and controlling people, and then Matt's there in the middle, just being like, "Getting yanked around." I want around. to go. Uh, I want to leave. <laughs> oh, fine. I'll look, chop your head off and hang around you, stupid bloody shino. <laughs> I think. Um, I think it's Matt's underlying goodness that actually puts him back in those situations, though, because like the fair, like that part where in uh, Kyrian with the with the battles and shit, and like he's mm-hmm. trying to leave, and he's like oh my gosh, those guys are going to be massacred if somebody doesn't go over there and tell them this is they should not be doing what they're doing. And so he can't let that hang on his conscience. And so he turns back and is like, so hey, by the way, this is what you guys need to do. This is what is happening. And then all of a sudden he's leading because he's fucking mad. Like, if he were, if he were a selfish person, he would have been able... Or if, like, Perrin... He had something that felt so strong to him that he couldn't possibly ignore it. Like, I think you have a point, though. I think I think you might be right. You're, you're very fair, though. What you're saying, though, is very fair. Like, he could have left those Karyanin soldiers to just mm-hmm. be wiped out. Yeah. But because he is a rapscallion, but secretly a very decent person, mm-hmm. very, very decent person. Like, if the world yes. was full of mats, we'd have a much happier world, I've got to be honest. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's... Matt is not my... I'm a, I'm a Perrin guy. Are you? But I, I love Me Perrin too. because of his faults. And he has huge <laughs> faults. And so many things he does wrong. And so many ways of, of reacting to situations that are wrong. But Matt is probably the most decent person in the books. Um, I'm sure there's an argument for people being a slightly more decent person than Matt. But I think he's one of the most decent people that I've ever read in literature. Mm-hmm. Um, despite the fact he's a scallywag and a prankster... <laughs> And occasionally a bit lazy, if I'm honest. Yo, I think he's a great person. Yeah, <laughs> and he absolutely could have walked away from those soldiers, yeah. but his you know, his decency stopped him. Yeah. Um, and the pat uh, the pattern knew that. It was like he's not going to leave them to die. He's not that type of person. Yeah. You know. Um, but yeah, in terms of Rand not having free will, I'm like, no. I'm sorry. Okay. No, I. <laughs> On that tangent, I do apologize, but yeah. No fun. I mean. The concept of free will has been debated for, oh, you know, centuries. 
So asking whether or not these shadow spawn have it is a, I just thought it was such a great question. And like, it is a brilliant question. Yeah. We knew Amber. Good job well, asking good questions. Well, it was kind <laughs> of, it, it, it was because of Zool's question on discord that made me think about it. Oh yeah. Because, um, they asked, can you talk about the souls of the shadow spawn like Trollocs, Murdral, and Drakkar? Hmm. I know that the Murdral occur in the same percentage of Trolloc population as channelers do in the human population. The ability to change or the the ability to channel is predicted on the soul. What are your thoughts on this? Hmm. Um, imagine being a soul pulled from the soul pool by the <laughs> pattern to be shadow spawn during some, I can't read this. Iteration? Some iteration of your soul. That would suck. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to hear your yeah. thoughts and opinions. Well, definitely. Um, I'm, so, I love that. Imagine you're a soul in the soul pool. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, just like, fuck, I'm a trollic. God damn it. Right. Like, here we are. Yeah. Or, I mean... Yeah, what, what's interesting, though, is the question about having a soul. See, this is, okay, this is what I was, okay, I'm going to have to think about this here because it's kind of, yeah. It's tough so, to have, wrap your head around, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, um, for example, when we get our, um, when we get to the point at the Black Tower where they are effectively turning people to the Dark One against their will with the 13 Dreadlords and the 13 Murdral. Mm -hmm. And they're basically, how I interpreted it was that they were like essentially removing their souls. And that's why they can't fix that by, you know, healing, mm -hmm. you know, that like yellow Aja or, you know, like once the soul is gone, there's nothing really left to fix. So like, you know, like if you're someone who's been put on life support after a, you know, terrible brain injury or something, your body's still going, but like when the mind is gone, there's nothing you can do in that situation there's nothing to really fix mm -hmm. and these are just um and these are just happening to like our human characters but i kind of almost felt like okay this is where it gets a little interesting and convoluted but um so let me think about this the murdral <laughs> The Merdral, she said that the Merdral are occurring in the population as the same percentage as channelers would. And yes. for the Dreadlords and the Merdral to turn people over to the Dark One against their own will, I almost feel like they would have to have almost like some type of strange channeling um they can't channel, but they can sense channeling. So I feel like there has to be some type of channeling process that they would have been able to do or almost like have a insight into. 
I theorized about this. Yes, you did. Um, yeah. Yes, you did. Yeah. Yeah. That Merdral are souls of those who can channel. Yes. Uh, and that's why um, they have the connection to stuff. Mm-hmm. They can travel through shadows and all right. sorts of weird shit like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Right. And um, there's another theory that they exist on two planes, like maybe in another age or something and that's why when you kill them it takes them so long to die because it's like you know like their system booting down from being in two different places at once but anyways back to souls i did look it up and it says that the drakkar are originally humans corrupted by the dreadlords who use the one power to turn them into shadow spawn Mm -hmm. so it doesn't look like they are born drakkar it Looks they as have though to be they created. Were... Yeah, hmm. and the Dreadlords were just channelers who worked for the Dark One, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, I guess like they're just channelers. Dreadlords are just channelers. But so, like, as we get into this and think about, do these people have souls? I almost feel like, for example, the Drakkar, if they were just humans corrupted by the Dreadlords. Is that the same type of situation like when they are turning people to the Dark One with the 13 Merdral and Dreadlords? Because I feel like in that case, they're just taking their souls away. So I don't know. Is there is there a possibility that some of these um, Shadow Spawn are essentially just soulless creatures? Are they more, you know, human or are they more animal than human almost? Like, what do you guys think? What, how do you see it? It's interesting you talk about the turning because the way I always looked at it or viewed it was that um, they were feeding the one power through the Merdral into the channeler and that it was almost like they were imbuing them with the taint that makes the mm-hmm. neutral what they are. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But to, to take away uh, their soul, it fits with the description um, that, you know, you get when the Black Tower is being turned and they're like, oh, you know, there's like, it's the same person, but the lights aren't really on. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. The body's moving, words are coming out. It's that. It's like they're being impersonated by someone who doesn't right. really know what it's like to be human. So right. that does fit really well. I can see exactly where you're going there. Um, now, does that, when it comes to the Shadow Spawn, uh, I feel like you've just got, like, Trollocs are very much very, very, very animal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. But Merdral. I think you've just got a very, very corrupted soul there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, I think tainted just the, the soul. Whole, yeah, the whole process. Yeah, tainted soul. It just, it, it just overwhelms them. But I don't think they're soulless in the process. Mm. But those that are turned being soulless, yeah, I, you, you kind of selling me on it, definitely. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hmm. No, what do you think, Tracy? I, th- I agree with you. <laughs> lovely and succinct i like i enjoy it (laughs) i'm mostly just sitting here like nodding my head going yes Mm -hmm. yeah like yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i think i think the more like animalistic of the shadow spawn i don't think they really have souls like i don't know it's like the whole like 
do animals go to heaven? You know, like do, what really has souls in this world? Well, we know, yeah, we know wolves go to the wolf dream. Right. But, but they're the... more, but they're like really sentient. You know, they're mm-hmm. very, they can communicate and have conversations and memories and stuff. Like the Chumara, these big worms, like do they have a souls or are they just like a hungry worm? Yeah. Like, yeah. But for the more like humanoid mm-hmm. shadow spawn, I think there's the case to make is their soul just completely tainted? Like what Robert I think said, I think we need or... to make a list. Shall we shall we create a list right here? So we can, yeah. Hold yeah, on. let's I'll let's go through. Up. So we've 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 got a list <laughs> of the notes anyway, so we'll we'll use the list, that'll yeah. work. So Trollocs, animalistic or not? Like, you know, do they have a soul? animalistic i would say no no i would say they have a soul but it's completely overridden oh okay yeah by the animal okay side. yeah yeah i'm i agree um, with you yeah okay um mm-hmm. tracy sorry i just <laughs> i got you're distracted. thinking about something good well no i got distracted because I think, I don't remember which one of you mentioned it, but something about uh, them having their soul removed. Gray men have their soul removed. That's how they become mm-hmm. gray men. And so... Oh, that is true. Yeah, because I remembered that some group calls one of the shadow spawn soulless. And I, the soulless. I'm i pretty sure it's gray men. So I would yeah. say for all of them, at the very least, we know that it's not gray men. But gray men are also not like Trollocs or... Uh, dark hounds or any of those other things like these are people like people regular people who just kind of are like hey i decided i would like to become an assassin for the dark one signing up here please take my soul make me quasi invisible and i'll go kill someone so like they're man they're an interesting group what does the dark one do with that soul he adds it to the soul pool to mm. pull for. <laughs> is this this is where Drakkar comes from? There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's. It's like is. I've you know that's why Drakkar aren't really that clever because they get like a, a corrupted, stolen from a person's soul rather Ooh. than one that's Ooh. ready to be reborn, and it's just like ah, damn it! It's a, I'm just gonna. It's a ratty secondhand soul. Is that what? It is? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The dark one is a shitty secondhand soul salesman. <laughs> wow, that was a tongue twister, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, I gotta throw in Shaitan. Shaitan, the shitty secondhand soul salesman. <laughs> That's a good one. That is oh, a good wow. one. I love that. Uh, oh, that's good. Okay, yeah. Okay. So So Grey Trollocs... definitely don't have souls. Trollocs probably not. Trollocs tainted soul. Tainted soul. Mertral. Yep. Also tainted soul? Yeah. It would seem that way. It would, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. They're they're so they're so human almost though, is what you know? Yeah. Because they do come from a breeding of like a mixing of human stock with animal. Yeah. So, so I feel the like po- the Trollocs went more on the animal side the merger on yeah so the trollocs are just side. they're a lot more instinctual than merger i would say it was like um what what you know like like hunger yeah yeah so merger will have higher brain function than and, yeah and trollocs kind of just be like use the instinctual i can't remember the name for it but the instinctual part of the brain more mm. um i'm a history major do you think i know shit like that 
Come on now. <laughs> is that sentience? I don't know. Like you're talking, yeah. like there's a, there are various areas of your brain. I know the hypo. No, I don't. I don't know anything about the brain. <laughs> I'm thankful. I have one. I have sometimes, one. And that's sometimes it. it functions decently well. Hypothalamus. That's one of them. No. There we go. Amber throwing out the big words. <laughs> Thanks, Amber. Okay. Dark hounds? You know, did well, have souls. Yeah, they're the twisted souls. They're the twisted of souls of wolves. wolves. Is that the but, only way that you can make a dark hound, or are there dark hound puppies? No, that is the only. No, this has been. I'm, I. It's. I can't remember where, but this has been answered somewhere. Okay. It is the only way you can make a dark hound. You have to take. Um, oh, I know why. It was reading when um, Perrin was being told about dark hounds. Um, so, if a dark hound eats or, or, or somehow does something to a wolf when it's dying, it can steal mm-hmm. the souls mm-hmm. from the pack, <gasps> and, and yeah. then those souls are corrupted, and you get a new dark hound pack in the process. Mm-hmm. Boom. So, Agonor must have corrupted some wolves in the beginning, mm-hmm. probably as a process after making the Trollocs, mm-hmm. made dark hounds, and then was just like, oh shit, I've actually made them self-perpetuating if they kill more wolves, as opposed to have dark pound puppies. Dark pound puppies. Um, pounds, but dark would, pound uh, I love uh, pound The dark pounds. <laughs> that would be where you would send them, though, like, ah, this dog's getting too big, and it's really uncontrollable. <laughs> like... Uh, I'm going to take it to the Dark Pound. Why the why Dark Pound, darling? Well, I don't think the other dogs would appreciate if I took it to the regular pound. I don't do weird shit like this on my own podcast enough. Like, today I am just coming up with all weird situations and stories, aren't I? I'm we're, also very hungover having, today for the listeners. We're having a mood. Um, That's why I'm glad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These are the best conversations. Yeah, it's probably because I'm, see, I'm normally the host, so I have to keep things on track, whereas yeah. now I'm the guest, and I could just be like, I'm just Let loose. Stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> just let <Yeah>. loose. <laughs> it's a good okay. time. Gray men. No. No. Nope. Soul has been taken, that's true, yeah. Jumara. I think these are just animals. Yeah, I don't think me too. there's any sort of human soul there. Gollum? Mm, tough one. Yeah. Hmm. Tainted I, soul? I almost put them on a construct kind of place. Mm, okay. Like, like, like they the were nim. never actually. So like they yeah. don't come from human stock. They're more created and yeah. grown. Yeah, so purely created with the power. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Doesn't the don't so. the don't the wolves call the Merdral Neverborn? Neverborn? There is a Neverborn, I'm fairly certain. Let me take a look. Yeah, I think that is the what the um, the wolves call the Merdral. Neverborns. I put a Neverborn and it came up uh, Warhammer 40k. <laughs> oh, right, okay. <laughs> it's the, the wolves call Merdral Neverborn. Yeah. I think, I mean, there's only six Golem, and even though wolves have a long memory yeah you know there's there's only six there's certainly a few more than six murderal um mm-hmm. so true and <clears throat> golem don't really target wolves so to speak yeah that's true um, 
they're you know going after Aes Sedai and things of that nature aren't they mm-hmm. they've um, got other so shit going on yeah there's probably a, a lack of interaction going on there <laughs> Like, okay. you know, they're, they're at the cool party and the wolves are just like, they're hanging out in the back with the keg and the golems, the golems there in like, you know, the VIP section behind the velvet rope, just being like, yeah, you can't come in here, dudes. Like, we're the cool kids. And the wolves are like, I don't even know there's a VIP section, bitch. Like, I'm just hanging out with the keg, you know? <laughs> okay. Drakkar, Solus. Yeah. Dumb. Yeah. And Zamara, very Solus. much. Solus. Solus, yeah. All right. I think that's that, that covers it. I yeah. feel good about I feel good about that. But we yeah. are We're up at to one hour fifty six minutes. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so do we want to go ahead and wrap things up or is there anything else that you guys want to cover? Anything rambling around in the brain? <laughs> no, I feel like we've, we've covered everything, really. Um, yeah, I feel really good. Yeah. Okay. It's been very um, fun. I've really enjoyed this. We're so glad that <laughs> we you joined us. loved having you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it. Um, should I go ahead, Tracy, and read us off of here? Or? Yeah. We've already thanked Rob, yeah. Thank you, Rob, for being with us today. Did we say that? Yeah, and I'm going to thank him again. It's also in the, the pa- first paragraph. Is it? <laughs> you cannot say we lack in gratitude. <laughs> no, I, I, I feel very, I feel, I've really enjoyed this. This has been a great day. I'm, I, literally. So uh, five hours ago, I was sitting on my couch thinking, oh, God, I'm going to be throwing up. And here I am having an absolute blast with you two. It's been a great day. So, you know, I'm glad. It's wonderful. I'm so glad. Yeah. Thanks. Mm -hmm. So and that's going to wrap it, wrap us up for today. Thank you so much again, Rob. (laughs) And to everyone (laughs) listening for joining us on this stretch of the road to Tarvalin. We will continue to release episodes every Wednesday and hope that you'll continue to join us. We would love if you would subscribe to our podcast, leave us reviews, and share us with your friends in the Wheel of Time community. Next week, we're going back to New Spring, and we are rapidly approaching the end of the prequel. Hard to believe, but we are almost there. And Tracy? Yeah. (laughs) I was like, you don't have to say the time flies when you're having fun. I was typing at like 9 a.m. and barely had my first cup of coffee i was like i should just put something here (laughs) you're welcome you're welcome time is flying (laughs) and you ladies are certainly having fun Um, we do and thank you (laughs) so let us know what you thought of our content correct us send us things we may have missed uh, to our email road to tarvalin at gmail.com you can find us on twitter Amber is at Roti Tarvalin, and I am at Mistress Laris. Both of those are all one word. We are on Instagram, Roti Tarvalin, and if you have the Anchor app, you can leave us a voice message that we can use in upcoming episodes. Uh, Let us know in the message if that's okay with you or not. Uh, If you don't want to leave a voice message, totally fine. You can still contribute something, and we can read your comments for you. Uh, We have a Discord channel, and Amber, you had said something about wanting to pin that to the top of your twitter account 
already done. Okay, cool. So if you want to find out information about our Discord channel, it is on Amber's Twitter account. You can click on that link. We would love to have you join us. We and have... you can find Rob from Malkiri Talks there, and you should go join his Discord channel as well. Aww. Exactly. What is your Twitter handle? Uh, at Malkiri R. All one word. All one word. Okay, great. Thank you. Do you have an Instagram? I do. Just Malkiri Talks. Okay. But... It's mostly for um, resharing my Twitter stuff because not everyone's on Twitter. So it's Tam. Um, it's very Tam joke related. <laughs> it's there to share the Tam jokes, and then yeah, um, occasionally I put up a picture of something I've made if I remember to take a picture, as opposed to just do the video. So yeah, there is an extreme <laughs> love of food in this group. Like we created an entire little sub channel on the road to Tarvalin. I know you've got a food channel too, don't you? I have a food channel too. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. I love the food channels. I so, like your. Uh, and yours I is like great. People put. That, I like your things that put... make people smile section. Aww, oh, oh yeah, that's a new one. Yeah, that's darling. That's a really great one. I like that. So until next week, thanks for joining us. Safe travels and, and walk, walk in the, the light. light. Bye. Bye. <laughs> and we're done.